SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage all you want. Trades, the Friday Night Freak Show. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Man, it really is the quickest 180 minutes in sports uh, talk uh, radio. So we've gotten through. We're getting through uh, this week. We've been under the weather. Kind of hit us really, really hard, man, the other day. When we're on the air, we're actually at our best, like, to be honest. Like, I, I'm dead serious. Like, people are like, oh, you sound good. You look good. It's like, no, I don't, but I appreciate it. Maybe I just always look good and always sound good. What it is, though, I am very good at, I'm very consistent. I'm just going to call it out for what it is. <laughs> like, like, I'm very consistent. Like, people can't, you wouldn't be able to tell, like, you know, really, if I was sick, if I wasn't, you know, this or that. I'm kind of the same all the time, but it's one of these deals where as soon as the show's over, I'm like, oh, my God, right? It sort of hits you. I think it's these bright lights, and it's all you know the, the the heat and stuff. And maybe it's Tony Finn. It's the comfort of Tony Finn that's making me feel better right now. It's Tony I, Finn's don't, you know, just, I don't mind being the goat, scapegoat, and the goat. No, no, no. You, the, you, you yeah. are the goat. Well, I don't know, yeah, dude. I don't like to turn the goat because uh, I'm me either. Me either. No, because the goat meant like it used to be a bad thing. Remember? Yeah. I don't want to be the goat now. People are like, oh, the goat's here. It's like, no, yeah. the GOAT means you screwed up. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, poor Bill Buckner, may he rest in peace. He was called the GOAT at the time. You know what I mean? Ever since that commercial came out um, with uh, Nick Saban saying, catch that GOAT. I, I can't. I don't want to say the word ever again, Bill. I want to, you seen that commercial? Have you seen it? Yeah, I'd rather just be called the best than the GOAT. <laughs> He's the best. Affleck. Yeah, I know that, guys. i got to give credit. Yeah. Saban's actually pretty funny in some of those commercials. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sure I'll like him once he quits coaching. Yeah, yeah. He's actually got a sense of humor in real life, Saban. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's do uh, NFL. we got the AM radio affiliates joining us again in a minute here. So as it okay. is right now, NFL, before we get out, so you say you like the, the, the Steelers here. We went to the break, so I like, the, like Steelers. the Steelers plus the points. I do. I, I like the Steelers. I like the Dolphins. I, listen, the Dolphins didn't play good well the second half, but I like what Tua does with this offense. You can tell the difference between the team. And let's be honest, this Detroit Lions defense is uh, it, it's a train wreck. It's a mess. It's chaos. And I, I'm not a big fan of that coaching staff, and I, and I think this is a game where Miami just goes in and just pummels. Pummel yeah, Detroit and move forward. So the Bengals, I really like the Bengals on Monday night, Gabe, until, and I played them. I already played pretty heavy. Yeah. Until, yeah. And then yeah. Chase goes out. And I think Chase is a difference maker. I don't think you can argue with that. But um, this Cleveland team is just, they're, they're, they are not a train wreck. They're a runaway train. And uh, they just continue uh, to, to, to pile up the wrecks and the mistakes in the loss. Here we go. 
Level three, this is Sports Rage. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. What's up, Dallas, Fort Worth, 97.1, the freak, the mightier 1090 ESPN radio, the 50,000 watt juggernaut, the Armed Forces Radio Network, and everybody else in between. Uh, we got Tony Finn just for a couple more moments here. We're on the clock. Then we got Rob Vino stepping up and in to, uh, to join us. So, Tony, we talked NFL football. We got about two, yeah. two and a half minutes here. College okay. football, what do you like? What do you want to share with our great listeners tonight? Everyone likes Iowa State, right? Uh, everybody I talk, I, I like Oklahoma here. Dylan Gabriel's back. I mean, uh, he, he was fantastic in their first loss. He got cheap hit shot, TCU. And who, listen, Oklahoma had 700, over 700 yards of offense, uh, 400 yards throwing when he came back and, play, and beat Kansas. Iowa State, Oklahoma, not on the same playing field, not a level playing field whatsoever. Give me Oklahoma minus a nothing. Like where you go with that. Minus one. Yeah. Um, also, additionally, um, Georgia wins by as many as they want to against Florida, who has, you know, seven touchdown passes, seven interceptions. And the big play really is that uh, Harbaugh's been reborn. Uh, he's yeah. been born again. And Michigan absolutely lights the big house up with, a, I think, a 30- to 40-point win over Michigan State. I agree, actually, Tony, yeah. whether you're where you're going there. Listen, I find it interesting. I was going to ask you, actually, yeah, between Georgia, because they're both playing the same type of number, right, 22-and-a-half, yeah. 23-and-a-half yeah. or whatever. But I was going to say, between the two, does Florida maybe potentially step up and you say no? I no. do agree with you. Let's not forget, the only game Michigan lost last year before the, the playoffs was to Michigan yep. State. And I don't think they take them lightly, and I agree. This is a different breed, this Michigan team. They murder you. Remember, it used to be all oh, Harbaugh doesn't cover as a favorite. That's, double right. That's favorite. right. Yeah, now, it, now he does. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. let oh, up. Oh, he's, he's different. He's I agree. 48-10, Tony, 52-14 type thing. They're going to murder would, them. That would, that would not surprise me a bit. If we had more time, I would give you some numbers on Michigan State. would shock you. I mean, this, this team is not good. They don't have a bell cow running back. They're not good at the line of scrimmage. Love you, Tony. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks, Tony. Tony Finn. Throwing it down uh, with us. Back there, Area 51. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio, the 50,000-watt juggernaut, the loudest station in the nation, kicking it SoCal style. Everybody in Dallas, Texas, 97.1, the freak. Let's uh, bring in Rob Vino right now. Wagertalk.com, RobVinoSports.com. Rob, it's always a pleasure, my man. We've got a massive weekend of gaming action. Let's do this thing. How you doing, Rob? I am doing great tonight, buddy. How about yourself? Well, listen, I know that uh, Philadelphia is the place to be, and that's where Rob is uh, right now. And the Philadelphia Eagles are getting back after it. But I want to start off with some college football uh, with you. And we've spoken to a couple of people over the last couple of days that believe that Penn State can hang with the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes in the morning. What are your thoughts on the Buckeyes going into Happy Valley? 
Well, I would say that if they're going to hang, they're going to have to score points. Um, because Penn State, to tell you the truth, Gabe, they've been asked to step up defensively twice this season, and they failed both times, right? Against Purdue, they give up over 425 yards, they give up 31 points, and then they get the Michigan game. And, of course, Michigan terrorizes that defense for 560 yards and 41 points. So, I get Ohio State hasn't been really tested yet, but that offense is going to click. And Penn State, I don't know if their defense can respond. So they're going to have to score. And I think that the one thing that we're totally not positive of yet would be the Ohio State defense, right? It looks like they're improved, but we'll find out. I mean, I would say if they could shut Penn State down, then I would have to go along with it. Uh, You know, the D.C. from Oklahoma State did a great job there last year, comes over doing a good job in in, uh, Columbus this year. But that would be my look. I mean, I really think the game's going to go over. It's decent weather here in Pennsylvania. you got a noontime game. Um, and I just see, you know, Penn State just hasn't been able to perform defensively against the two really good offensive teams they face. The rest of the schedule has been lackluster offenses. One of the remaining undefeated teams in the country, TCU Horn Frogs, go to West Virginia. And I know this isn't the best West Virginia football team, uh, Rob, but doesn't it feel like this is a tricky spot for TCU here? Especially after what we just saw a couple of weeks back against um, Baylor. Right? Right. Baylor walked in there, and Shapin was having the game of his life. The quarterback for Baylor gets rung up concussion-wise in the third quarter, and that game winds up going 43-40. to 40. Baylor's defense up until that point, Gabe, I think most everybody would have said, that it was the best defense in the Big 12. Yet West Virginia, JT Daniels and company gained 500 yards of offense, and they did it both on the ground and through the air. So they're more than capable. Sonny Dyke's defense, again, it's more than capable of being touched up a little bit. So, yeah, you could wind up in one of those Morgantown shootouts like they had against Baylor a couple of weeks ago. It's what scares me a little bit um, in that particular game for sure. Yeah, it's Halloween weekend, and it's been a house of horrors for the Horn Frogs. 0-4 ATS, their last four trips to West Virginia. And uh, the Frogs are actually 0-6 ATS the last six times they played against uh, West Virginia. What about the total in this game? Are we going to pull the trigger on the over, Rob? You and I love to bet college football overs. Is this another track meet shootout? It should be, right? Absolutely. I mean, when I look at the Baylor-West Virginia game and you see 83 points and you – Think about the way that um, <clears throat> West Virginia still, unless they get to the passer, it's really their only advantage on defense is at times they can create havoc for the opposing quarterback. But tennis, I mean, TCU, excuse me, protects as well as anybody, and Max Dugan can run out of trouble. So um, I would think over is the way to play that one. Notre Dame and Syracuse. I got to tell you, I don't know, Rob, if you know what the number was before. I know people often like to talk about what the number was, you know, a month ago or before the season started. But, you know, this wasn't a game that people were really talking about coming into the season. Uh, the Q's coming off their loss. You know, this this should be a winnable football game for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish as far as their their skill, their size. Like, they should be able to beat uh, Syracuse with their physicality in the trenches and just run the ball a million times. What are your thoughts on this football game? Yeah, I would be in agreement with that. Um, That's how you think it should go. I'm not so sure. You know, Syracuse up there on their defensive side of the football, they seem to fly around. Not that they don't fly around on the road, but up in that environment this season in the Carrier Dome, defense has been all over the place for them. And, of course, they too 
can run the football the same way Notre Dame can, right? I mean, Garrett Schrader has been a great um, implementation into the offense. I'm a big fan of Robert and I, offensive coordinator for Syracuse, simply because Gabe, you know, he's a spread coordinator, but he's been an assistant under two totally different guys, right? He knows the air raid system from his days at Texas Tech, and he knows the run-oriented spread from his days under Rich Rodriguez. So here's a guy that's very, very adaptable. It's panned out this year for them. This is a hard game for me because I really think it's one that comes down to mistakes, and mistakes, as we know, handicapping so hard to project. So I don't think I'll pull the trigger either way in this contest, Notre Dame or Syracuse. Total looked a little bit inviting early. I thought maybe this could be an under, um, but I'm not even so sure of that right now because there's breakaway threats on both sides of the field. So I'd probably leave that one alone. Rob Vino kicking it with us. Rob, as I mentioned, listen, Rob loves to bet on college football overs, and so do I. When it comes to hockey, we bet on unders. Different sports, we, you know, we, we have different approaches to this. So let me ask you about some of the higher totals here, and a total actually that I'm not sure is high enough. We got Will Levis, who's like potentially, you know, a top five draft pick in the NFL upcoming NFL draft, taking on Hendon Hooker, who, oh yeah, could be a top five draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft. I mean, the Tennessee Volunteers, they're scoring literally 50 points a game. The total is 61. It was a 45-42 track meet when they played last year. I don't really see what's different. What's your take on this total? Isn't it too light? It seems light, Gabe, and I especially think Again, I'll say it is probably repetitive. You and I have probably discussed it um, more than once on the show, but Tennessee first half. These Josh Hypo opening scripts of plays just seem to get every single defense that comes in there. It takes them a few series to even figure out what he's doing. Um, if I go back every game this season, and then I go back nine games into last season, I, I, feel, I think the number is, 15 out of 17 have hit 31 points at halftime or better. We're staring at 31 here. I would probably take my chances um, with the first half over as well as full game. For what it's worth on the side, I mean, Mike Stoops has been a tremendous underdog. And the one time Tennessee was asked to cover double digits was against Florida. They couldn't do it. It was a 38-33 game. To your point about the total, they played a 71-point game with Florida. right? And now you get Kentucky with Will Levis, who I think, um, in my notes earlier this week, I had he's the number seven, seventh-ranked quarterback in the nation in passer rating, Will Levis. So Kentucky's got receivers. I had thought that when Wandale Robinson got drafted that, you know, Kentucky's not a breeding ground for um, breakaway or um, home run hitting wide receivers. But this year they've got a good group. Rodriguez running the football. Tennessee can stop the run, but they're weak against the pass. I could see if they get out in front and Kentucky has to chase. I can see this thing getting over pretty easily, but I do like first half over 31 just based on what's happened in like the last 17 Tennessee games. Rob, we got about a minute here. USC and Arizona, we got a 75 mm. on the board. Uh, Jimmy Vaccaro once told me in an elevator in Vegas, you know, bet the highest overs over and the lowest totals under and you'll make money in the long run. What do you make it a 75 here with this one? Too high? Well, calculate what you think USC is going to score, right? Can USC get the 48 in this contest, 49? Probably so, because Arizona's defense is that weak. And then the other side, the pace that they play at, 
you know, can they get you 24? You get way over the total. It's really plausible, Gabe. I mean, it looks high. I think USC team total might be a pretty good spot as well because I do think they'll have a, a lot of success against that Arizona defense. But, yeah, 70, and when you get into the 70s, there's really no such thing as key numbers up in the upper 70s. So I would think that, you know, if you like these two offenses, play it over. I'll tell you what, Arizona 5-2 and two to the over on the season and USC 4-3 mm-hmm. and three to the over on the season. So you're looking at a nice 9-5 and five combined uh, with the both of them. We're kicking it with Rob Vino. We want to get into the NFL uh, with Rob. And, um, man, there's a ton of games I want to throw at you. Time just always flies by on the Friday Night Freak Show. <laughs> this is Sports Rage. Bring it. Listening to your source of sports gaming strategies and information. We call it the winning edge. It helps make the odds even. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right now, wagertalk.com, Robino, sports.com. Follow him on Twitter at Robino Sports. So, Rob, before we step on to the professional gridiron, a couple other college games I just want to quickly uh, throw at you and get your take. And I know I'm throwing the big time games at you, and you always have an under the radar game that you like, but a couple of the other big time games Oklahoma State, K State, kind of a baffling number. I think Oklahoma State just never get the respect. Uh, they haven't been respected, and they just keep on covering uh, numbers. Uh, we got. Um, you know, we, we, you and I were talking about totals and betting overs. I'm not sure where the points come from in Mississippi and Texas A&M at 55. The Aggies just can't score. And I wanted your take on Michigan State and uh, and the Wolverines as well. So uh, Oklahoma State and uh, K-State first. Well, that's been an injury game all week long, right? I think the number indicates that maybe Adrian Martinez goes. If he doesn't back up Will Howard goes, Will Howard's a veteran quarterback that had to step in last week. But I think – if you get Adrian Martinez, Gabe, as the starter here, and, you know, Deuce Vaughn, his name was on the injury list as well. If you get those two guys, I got to play that game over. Just go through what K-State has done against these high-scoring Big 12 teams this year. Those games have all gone, o- gone over. I won't get into exact numbers because I know we're a little short on time, but they've been an overplay now that they have Martinez at quarterback. And, of course, Oklahoma State's been vulnerable on the back end all season long. So, Again, you got to check the injury report and be sure of yourself. If those guys play, I like it over. If um, you're not having, if those two guys aren't present in your starting lineup, then I think you want to play Oklahoma State. Uh, you mentioned Michigan, Michigan State, I think. And I'm not sure what to make of Michigan State's last defensive effort, Gabe. I kind of treat it as a mirage. I don't think that they've suddenly turned a corner defensively. And the way Michigan's offensive line is operating right now, I find it real hard to see Michigan State stopping them whatsoever. Um, maybe Michigan State can get some points. I'm not even sure of that. I just I think I like Michigan in that game more than anything. We're side in total are concerned. And then the last one you threw at me, I'm forgetting what it even was. Old Miss and Texas A&M, the total oh. 55 and a half. A&M can't move the ball. They can't score. No, you're right. They can't. And I, I had said this earlier in the week. If you're going to give me a play-calling matchup, Lane Kiffin, Jimbo Fisher, and yeah, Jimbo may have turned over some of those play-calling duties now, but if you're going to give me that matchup, I'm going to play Ole Miss all day long, especially when the athletes are really, there's not the disparity that we would have thought to start the season when, you know, Texas A&M was being accused of buying themselves an SEC West title. So I think Mississippi's probably a good play there, and I'd be in agreement with you that even though their defense has shown some cracks, 
this is the kind of team where, like in the beginning of the year, when Mississippi was stout defensively, they could be stout once again. So um, I, I would probably lean under there. But I really like Mississippi a little bit more in that game. Rob Vino, kick it with us. I am Gabriel Morancy. All right, Rob, before we get to the NFL, is there an under-the-radar college game I didn't ask you about that catches your eye? You know what? I'll give you a total, Gabe, because we love our overs. Georgia <laughs> State and Old Dominion. Georgia State and Old Dominion, I played real early in the week at 56-and-a-half. I think that's a real good price in a game where points should be pretty prevalent. Old Dominion, obviously, with the new air raid offense. They've been a little inconsistent scoring-wise, but not yardage-wise. Um, I think they'll get their yards here against that Georgia State defense. And, of course, Georgia State should move the ball fairly easily on old ODU. So I thought 56-and-a-half was a real, real light number in that game. I played it over. So what do you think of the Keystone State battle here with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles? The Eagles coming off their bye week. Uh, Pittsburgh getting double digits and the hook here at 10 and a half. What do you make of this? You know, I get it that, that Philadelphia are a much better team than Pittsburgh are right now. But you get, when you get double digits, you know, I think people look at that Buffalo game. And Buffalo also smoked Tennessee when Tennessee went in there, right? So, you know, I'm weary of this game. I've spoken to a lot of people that I respect that think the Eagles are going to smoke them. I just sort of think that back door is open, and you and I both know, speaking of totals, Tomlin and the Steelers on the road have been money, right? When they're underdogs, he really takes the air out of the ball and runs the football and tries to, to, to work the clock. What's your opinion on the Eagles and the Steelers? Yeah, and in theory, that's great until – say the Eagles get up 14 nothing, and you can't do it any longer, you know, and then you have to chase. And that's yeah. the problem for guys like us, right? We, there's a million ways the games could go, but I really think that the beginning of this game, how it starts off scoring-wise, really dictates what happens to the total. If Philly gets out quick, and remember the Pittsburgh secondary is still a banged-up mash unit, so A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith and the Philly wide receivers may have some openings there. If they get out quick and Pittsburgh's got to chase, I've got a little bit of faith in Pittsburgh chasing, to tell you the truth, with Pickett and George Pickens and uh, Devontae uh, Johnson on that team, Deontay Johnson, so I think they could probably score 43 and a half looked a little low to me um, in that game. I don't know that I could lay the 10 and a half, though, because it is such a heated rivalry. And I do think Pittsburgh's finding a little bit of footing. But, boy, I don't trust their back end against the Philly passing attack on Sunday game. How about the total, Rob? I know it's gone up, but at 49 and a half right now with the Raiders and the Saints, Raiders are actually the third highest scoring team in the National Football League at 27.2 points per game. Uh, New Orleans are scoring 25 a game, and they're both at the back end as far as stopping teams are concerned. Doesn't this feel like this game's going to get into the mid-50s? Yeah, you know, I wrote a whole article on this real early back on Monday, and you're right. The last four weeks, the Saints are 4-0 to the over. The London game with Minnesota, 53 points. Seattle game, 71 points. The Cincinnati game, 56 points. And then the Arizona game on Thursday night. They really can't stop anybody, and they do move the ball. <laughs> and it's because the, the D-backs have all been out, right? Marshawn Lattimore and company, they've been weak on that side. So I'm with you. Las Vegas, their numbers have been the same. They put up another over last week. Um, you know, it's hard for me to think that this New Orleans team has actually morphed into an over team, but the numbers don't lie. And what I'm seeing with my eyes probably doesn't lie either. In games they've played, Gabe, real quick here, games that New Orleans has played against opponents that weren't named Tampa Bay or Carolina, and we know Tampa Bay's had offensive trouble all year and Carolina's had offensive troubles all year. The other teams that New Orleans has played on their schedule, 62 points a game, average final score, 
30 to 31 and a half. It's crazy, but um, I think, you know, the betters got to it quick, right? They steamed it from 44 all the way to 49 or whatever, and uh, there's probably no end to it. If you can get under 51, which is a key number there, 27-24, um, I think you're probably still good. Rob Vino, kick with us for a couple more moments. Uh, Rob, what do you think about the NFL card this week? Uh, what games catch your eye in the NFL? Well, I think let, let's talk totals again because you and I talked them a lot. But I think Arizona, Minnesota, I, I played it over. I think it has to go over. Uh, it doesn't have to go over, but I think it'll go over. Um, and what we saw out of Arizona last week with the return of DeAndre Hopkins, right? All of a sudden, he's the most yep. targeted. He's getting the most catches. You've acquired Robbie Anderson. You got Rondale Moore. The offense just looked different. Forget about the two pick sixes. They had 28 points offensively. It looked a lot different. Minnesota's vulnerable on the back end. Vikings, same thing. When Kirk Cousins doesn't have a fierce pass rush against him, he's a good quarterback. And they got great weapons. I could see that up and down. That number's 49. And again, 27-24 seems very realistic in that game. Betters have steamed the Arizona side. Um, I don't care too much for either side, but I do think over 49, 49 and a half is a real good play in that game. Yeah, I'm a mark. It's why uh, Arizona are one of these teams that I bet on and they frustrate me and I go back to them still. You know what I mean? They're like a, uh, a date that went poorly and I'm like, no, no, it'll be better next week with her. It's gonna, we're going to have a good time. Like, um, and I can't help it. Listen, Kyler Murray, 13-4-1 against the spread, 82.4% as a road underdog. How about this, guys? He's actually 11-7 and straight up as a starter as a road underdog in his career. Very impressive. And you talked about Hopkins. The numbers do not lie. They are 17 and 10 since they acquired him. They are 17 and 10 when he plays and 5 and 9 without him. All right, so point blank right there. Rob, they score tw- uh, 27 points a game with him, 19 points a game without him. Like, you know, that, that's massive impact that he has. And it just looks different, right? The other night it just looked different, and he hadn't played in so long. So, yeah, I'm there with you, Gabe. I think that number is probably too low. It got jumped from 47 and a half to 49, but I still think there's room to get yourself a, a ticket cast with an overplay. What about the Giants-Seahawks game? The, the only game, Rob, this week between teams with winning records. <laughs> and the Giants have been smoking hot ATS. Uh, they've been smoking hot ATS, but it just feels like a Seattle spot, but it felt like a Jacksonville spot last week too, didn't it? Yeah, you know, I talked to, and we both talked to a lot of guys, right? Um, and, and the prevailing thought I get on the Giants is they've been lucky. And I can't really dispute that because when you go through all their games, you could say, well, this happened for the Giants, this bounced for the Giants, that bounced for the Giants. And yet Brian Dable has found a way to score enough points with a banged-up offensive unit, especially skill position-wise, all season long. They're starting to find a couple of things here. Wandale Robinson, a number one target maybe. So – I don't know. This road trip scares me going to Seattle. Seattle playing as well as they are. Rashad Penny goes down. Kenneth Walker does even better than he does. Um, They've got some confidence about them. I kind of like the Seattle side, but I'm afraid to lay this field goal because the Giants are in every single game. Um, I may go somewhere with the total on this one, Gabe, but I don't think I can get to the side just because of the price. You know, guys, people will criticize Geno Smith and people have criticized Daniel Mm -hmm. Jones. Geno Smith is 23-16-1 against the spread in his career as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Daniel Jones is 13-4 and against the spread as a starter as a road underdog in his career. Hey, hey, laugh and enough. criticize him all, all you want. These two are putting money in people's pockets. Yeah, nobody wants to bet him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, he really is Danny Dimes. People are making dimes, baby. He really yes, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. I almost feel not lucky, but... 
it's almost like you said they're like a blackjack player and they say hit me and you can only hit 21 so many times right like like, like you said like everything is just sort of like oh really Ooh, i mean jacksonville were leading that game last week but barkley did his thing we got to get out of here but i like the seahawks as well because i think the giants are going to get a dose of their own medicine with with kenneth walker <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're gonna be like oh man now we know what it's like having some fast back running down our throat that kid crossed over 22 miles an hour last week he's a monster ask michigan wolverine fans about that from last year speaking of the rivalry game this weekend i think he rushed for 4,000 yards in one game rob vino wagertalk.com pros uh rob it's always a pleasure talking pro football uh with you uh rob vino sports on twitter it's always a pleasure my man All right. Thanks for having me, Gabe. Have a good weekend, buddy. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You can be the center. Level three continues. This is Portridge. I am Gabriel Moranzi. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates joining us in the late night hours, or it might not be too late wherever you are. Uh, we're on the West Coast, so it's only 1140, and that's really not late, is it? But even if you're on the East Coast, whatever, like... How many people really go to bed? I guess some people go to bed early and stuff. I've always been a late-night radio guy uh, myself over the years. Now you got the, the video and all this type of stuff. There's always action going on. Shout-out to uh, shout out to uh, Austin. Was it Austin? Uh, Austin Petrie. Where are you at, Austin? He asked me. Uh, he said he enjoys the show. He asked me uh, what I like, college football, early morning games. So uh, the, first, uh, the first slate. Let's just rattle. Let's go. Let's go through the college football slate. I'll get to the NFL picks. We'll share our contest picks. It wasn't easy this week coming up with them, uh, but we've uh, we're, we're we're getting close to settling on them. So um, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Shout out to Sooner Lisa, who's actually uh, in Ames right now, I believe, and she's in the chat right now. Are you in Ames? I think I just saw you were in Ames, right? You're hardcore. She's a hardcore Sooner fan. Um, here, look, we're rocking. We got the Sooner helmet here on the set for you. Like you said, who knows about this game, right? I mean, like, honestly, who knows? Like, what, what Oklahoma team is going to show up? They clearly are a different football team with Dylan Gabriel at the quarterback position. Yet, historically, Iowa State have caused um, have caused problems. Oklahoma, 2-5 and five against the spread in their last seven meetings, head-to-head. But this is just basically you need to win the game. Right, it's just hey, you know, you don't have to worry about covering. So in the past, Oklahoma has always been laying points. Now, whatever, it's just it's basically a pick 'em. Is it my best bet of the day? No, but we will be playing the Oklahoma Sooners in the morning. TCU, hell of a season, man. The TCU's had. There, this is one football team. If you recall, I remember. I don't know if they were ranked 18th or 19th or something like that. And I remember saying, I think I tweeted, or I said it. I was like. I said, yeah, tell me that there's 17 teams better than these guys. And then I remember they were ranked, I think it was 13th, and I said the same thing. I was watching. I said, really? This, these polls suck this year. Like, honestly, a lot of people dismiss the polls. I actually sort of, you know, I think they're, they've been better in the past. 
the polls are whacked. Like somebody's like they, you know, I don't know, it's like they don't even watch the games or something. But speaking of which, forget about the polls. We're gonna have the uh, the the playoff rankings come out next week for the first time. So, so TCU, no one's really talking about them nationally. They're creeping up on like a serious season here right now. We know their offense is top notch. Their defense can make enough plays when they have to. This is a football team that I think you know what I mean. Like, I'm not gonna say can they play with anybody. No, I don't think TCU would beat Ohio State. I don't think TCU, you know, would beat Georgia, et cetera, but they might be able to get a chance to play them and prove us wrong. But without being stated, this is a tricky spot um, against West Virginia here. And I like this TCU team, but this is a tricky spot. I think this game is going to be a track meet, and it's going to go over the number. But I think West Virginia is going to cover. And I know this isn't a great West Virginia team, but West Virginia own TCU. It's one of those just sort of rivalry series that's just played in uh, West Virginia's uh, way. You know, look, last year, West Virginia won 29-17. The year before, West Virginia won 24-6. The year before that, they won 20-17. The year before that, they won 47-10. You get where we're going here? Uh, The last time TCU beat West Virginia was 2017. And I know that this is a different team, and those are past years, but history has a way of repeating itself in college football. And I think TCU will survive, but I don't, you know, I think seven and a half is too high. I could see, you know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it was, you know, 41 38, 40, you know, 40 to 37, or West Virginia misses it too late or something. I think TCU survives. I think TCU survives, but I'm going to take the seven and a half with the Mountaineers, and we're going to go over the 68 and a half. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. This team is really like, man. This team has cost me some money this year, and I don't even like them, right? I, I used to like. Really, I don't like the word hate. Hate's a strong word. We're talking about sports. You know, they hate. You know, it's, you know. Let's say you know dislike. I've never been a Notre Dame guy. I don't like them. I've never liked them. Like, I, you know what I mean? I've, I've liked Mike Bray, their basketball coach. He's a nice guy. But Notre Dame football, I've never cared for them. And But for some reason, I bet on them a lot recently. I used to always bet against them and lose. Now I bet on them and lose. <laughs> so I really hate them now. <laughs> Sorry, dislike them. Uh, you know what I'm saying. But Syracuse, come on. Syracuse are kind of mirage here. There, you know, if you watch a Syracuse, like Syracuse, dude, there's high school football teams in Alabama and Florida that are bigger than Syracuse. Like Notre Dame should be able to push them around in the trenches and just run the ball and win an ugly football game. I just can't believe, to me, it's like, really, I'm getting Notre Dame as an underdog against Syracuse? Okay, I, you know, sign me up, but whatever happens, happens. So I'll take the Notre Dame fighting Irish getting the point and a half. See, you know what I mean? Like, just for the record, like, I know, you know some people already know this, but if you're new to betting and, you know, we're not saying this, we don't judge people. There's all kinds of people that start doing this. But a good example is, look, Oklahoma, I like Oklahoma, but they're one-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm not going to lay one-and-a-half points. I'll just play them on the money line because they might just win by one and then you get screwed, right? So, no, I'll just play them on the money line. But Notre Dame are getting one-and-a-half points, so I'm not going to play Notre Dame on the money line. I'll take the point-and-a-half. For me, anytime it's two and a half points or less, you play the money line if you like the favorite, and you take the points if you like the underdog. Ohio State and Penn State is at noon Eastern, early morning start here. A lot of smart people think Penn State can hang around in this game. I think they can too. 
as good as as good as Ohio State are, and they're amazing. Penn State match up with them. It's one of those weird deals. I don't know if it's the kids, it's Franklin, whatever it is. They they match up with them. And I think Penn State have a chip on their shoulder after getting embarrassed by Michigan. I think they can hang around in this game, actually. I know it's a little bold, picking against Ohio State. But, you know, we're getting, man, we're getting 14 and a half points. You're getting two two plus touchdowns. I think this game's going to go over the number. It's 16 and a half. I think there'll be points. Uh, put up on the board in this game. So there's there's another one. Here's another early game. Man, there's a lot of early games. Arkansas and Auburn. I think Arkansas are starting to turn things around again right now. They got Jefferson back. We saw them hang 52 on BYU. Auburn, you know, Auburn have one good player in Tank Bigsby, and he's really good, the running back. But I don't think he's enough. I don't think Auburn will be able to score enough points to keep up with Arkansas over the duration. We'll take Arkansas minus the points. Now we keep scrolling. I don't want to play every game. Man, I like a lot of bad teams. They're not bad teams, but sort of average teams that normally I don't bet on that I talk negatively about. Uh, like West Virginia. But here's another one in Nebraska. And, I, you know, I think Illinois are a good team. I, you know, you, me and Julio always talk about Illinois. We like their season win total, the over and all that. But, man... I, it's a little high on the road here. This is a massive game for Nebraska. Here's another one where I think Illinois survived, but Nebraska covered the seven and a half. Florida, Georgia, I don't really have a distinct full, you know, with the 23 and a half. I have a little voice that tells me the Gators might back to order something, but I actually do think it's going to go over 56 and a half. I think that goes over to 56 and a half. I like Oklahoma State against Kansas State. Uh, we'll take the plus one and a half. I like USC and Arizona to go over the number. I like Kentucky plus the uh, the 11 and a half, 12 against Tennessee. I like Tennessee and Kentucky over 61 and a half. I like Michigan to throttle Michigan State. We'll lay to 22 and a half. And I like Mississippi to beat Texas A&M on the money line. And I like the under in Mississippi and Texas A&M. There's a lot of picks for you right there. Uh, Matthias. The, the UFC just keeps coming fast and furious at us uh, right now. Looking at this card and it kind of whatever, I was like, you know, I haven't been looking at it all week, so I sort of looked. I'm like, all right, we got a UFC card. This is going to be a violent card. There's going to be a lot of blood in the apex tomorrow. <laughs> when you look you look at the fighters on this card, there's t- tomorrow is a slugfest. Slugfest card. Um, slugfest card here. So let's get the updated numbers for uh, UFC fight night from the apex. In which uh, Arnold Allen, the undefeated Arnold Allen, minus 114, uh, undefeated in the UFC against uh, Calvin Cater, minus 106. Interesting fight, Matthias. Who's your pick uh, here, uh, Allen or uh, Cater? Are we having mic issues? <laughs> Hello? I should always uh, check these things first. Talk about this like a high five. Leaving me. Dear God, bro. <laughs> I've been informed. Yes, uh, he does have problems. All right. I wish I would have been told that before. Um, there's another, like, uh, see? There's another air on the board of a of a near, not nearly flawless show uh, tonight. So we have problems. Like, we've had talkback issues. Like, you know, we've got a long list. We've got a laundry list of things that uh, need to be dealt with here. So this fight, for me personally, 
I think that uh, Calvin Cater's the play. Calvin Cater's the play at uh, minus 106. Uh, I think, you know, listen, do I love it? No, it's a toss-up. Allen's a badass. Um, you know, it's probably going to go the distance. It's minus 130. It's a five-round fight, so. But it goes to show what the odds makers think of a five-round fight that is minus 130, yes, to go the distance. I'm always more of a fan of going over four and a half rounds, though. I would rather, like, go over the four and a half rounds. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's a good example of, look, like, four and a half is minus 148. I would rather lay minus 148 and get an extra two minutes and 30 seconds than minus 130. See a little, little tidbit right there. Think about it. Why would you bet a fight to go the distance at minus 130? And then, you know what I mean? If it ends with, like, you know, in the last, the, the rounds are five minutes, so you got two and a half extra minutes at minus for 18 more cents. I'll pay the 18 more cents for the two and a half minutes in case there's a late stoppage. And, and we got uh, Max Griffin and Tim Means. Griffin's minus 192. Okay, I don't really think he should be that big of a favorite, personally. Here's another one. This one also is going to go over the number. So this one, it's uh, listen, it's minus 2.5, minus 200. It's a little pricey uh, for us. But I think this fight will go the distance. So minus one, like there's a big difference of 75 cents there. So Max, Max Griffin and Tim Means, let's go, uh, let's go fight goes the distance and a little sprinkle on Means as an underdog. A little sprinkle on Means as a dog at uh, plus 154. It's a nice enough price to get me interested. And uh, I'm going to go, uh, that fight will uh, go the distance. We got some heavyweight battles on this card here too. Uh, I think that Cortez uh, Acosta is going to win, but he's minus 210, so put it in a parlay with something. And uh, isn't Andre Arlovsky the ageless one on this card? And he's taking on uh, Rodrigo de Lima. I don't know, man. Arlovsky, I think, is like sold his soul. And he's uh, like, he even looks like a vampire. Like, doesn't he? Like, he, he looks like someone that should play a vampire. Like, you know what I mean? It looks like someone that's going to live... I think he's going to live 300 years, and he's going to fight for 300 years. I think he could be a live dog. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. That's hell of a week, man. We've been under the serious weather, but you guys are all saying I sound good. Our boy Matthias right now needs a stiff drink after a long week <laughs> right now. And he can't step in. We're on an auxiliary line tonight, not to get too uh, technical, uh, but we had to go to a backup uh, line tonight, and uh, he, so he can't talk. I can hear him in my ear, but it's uh, one of those type of deals tonight. But we got through it. Good job by everybody. We appreciate it. Shout out to Redman. What's up, Redman? Uh, thanks for the kind words, everybody. It's been a great week of shows. Um, we've had fun. So um, as far as our, our contest picks are concerned, the Super Contest, we're 24-11 and 11 right now. 
I don't know the Shady Fives picks yet because there's five of us and we all submit them. I do know pretty much our, our other uh, Reunited, who's 24 and 11. They haven't been submitted fully yet, but they're about to be. And uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat the Denver Broncos. Jags. It's like minus two, right? Two and a half, minus two in the contest. Arizona Cardinals, plus three and a half. Tennessee Titans, minus two and a half. Seattle Seahawks, minus the three. And the Buffalo Bills, minus the points on Sunday night. So Jaguars, minus the point. Like in the contest, you can't play money lines. You got to deal with the numbers. So uh, I think the Jags are minus two. Arizona, plus three and a half. Tennessee, minus two. Seattle, minus three. Buffalo, minus ten and a half. I think it is in the contest. But anyways, for you, like, we're going to bet all these. But I would take the Jags on the money line, Arizona plus the points, Titans on the money line, Seattle on the money line, and Buffalo minus the points. So Jags, Cards, Titans, Seahawks, Bills. Let's get it. Hey, we're 24-11. and 11. It's pretty good. And we went 2-3 and three last week. It's our worst, uh, worst week of the year, five picks. But we're 24-11. and 11. If we can go, like, 4-1, and 5-0 and oh this week, it's pretty big. Like... Imagine like 29 and 11 through 40 picks would be badass. Let's get it. Go blue. Lay the points. Follow me on Twitter at Sports Rage. I'll post a million picks. Other than that, you're on your own. Later.